Hi, everybody, and welcome to Unstoppable Week 5. I'm so excited that Bobby and I get to share together today as we talk about unity, an unstoppable unity. This has been a powerful teaching series yeah. we've loved being able to do and seeing just people interacting online, this idea that God's been building his church, and he says to Peter, even the gates of hell are not going to be able to prevail right. against it. So week one, you started with prayer. Started with prayer, and with this concept that the, the unstoppable church of the Lord Jesus must become an unstoppable unit of prayer. Absolutely. But then we move from prayer to faith. It requires yeah. significant and never stop growing in faith. And that visual of God shaping us and molding yeah. us and that fire from the kiln is so powerful. And then the next week we talked about action. That's right. And we looked at Jesus saying, I've come to seek and to save. I've come to seek and to save. Just right. that reminder that any action we take ought to be an extension yep. of seeking and saving that which is lost, staying on mission with him. Yeah. And then last week, commitment. Mm. What does it take for a modern day believer? Mm. What is a good kind of commitment so you can experience the richest blessing yep. of God in an unstoppable force? And today, yep. of course, unity. Yep. What is the power of togetherness? What is the power of being grounded in Christ together? Hmm. In our day and age, there's a lot of disunity. There's a lot of friction. There's just a lot of just uh, the sense of maybe we've lost our way. And so I think yeah. this is a great conversation as we think about the church and what's unstoppable, the sense of unity. There's a lot of great quotes about unity out yeah. there, but there's one that really sticks out as we think about this. Yeah, Dr. King had a quote, and I want to read it because I'll mess it up and mm. I'll just hit the high spots, but I, I want everybody to grasp this picture. He said, when we look at modern man, we have to face the fact that modern man suffers from a kind of poverty of the spirit which stands in glaring contrast with a scientific and technological abundance. We've learned to fly through the air as birds, we've learned to swim as fish, yet we haven't learned to walk as brothers and sisters. In other words, mm -hmm. all of the technology that we enjoy, we have yet to learn how to walk in unity with one another. And I love that he even just calls that poverty, because yeah. oftentimes when we think about poverty, we think about people that live on less than a dollar a day around the globe. Yeah. But there's also the spiritual harm, poverty yeah. and this emotional relational poverty. It is a connection that without unity in Christ, we are living way below the poverty line. That's right. I mean, we're bankrupt spiritually. And inevitably, when you're bankrupt spiritually, you're bankrupt morally. Mm. You know, and I think this is part of what Dr. King was saying, but today we're not so much talking about uh, race or education or socioeconomics. Right. Today we're talking about unity in the church of Jesus the Lord. Jesus himself is building something, and as he builds it, it's not with bricks and mortar and stone. He's building it with people. Yeah. He's building it with us. He's building it with people that have been called out from their old lifestyle. They've given their lives to him, and he's building something that's unstoppable. Yeah. But the way it's unstoppable is if we stay together and we stay in this unity. Yeah, the gates of hell, according to Jesus, will not be able to hold up mm. with the offensive-minded church that is unified in Christ and Christ alone. Yep. I mean, Lincoln was right. You know, a house divided is the house that falls. Yeah. Um, he, had a, he had a difficult time. He, the, the, the presidential historian Doris Kearns Goodwin wrote about um, this house divided on how Lincoln had the most unique group of people in his cabinet. They didn't all get along. They didn't all agree, but together they were powerful. And with that power came 
this sense of we're grounded together because we want to bring peace hmm. to America. We want to bring and hold the union together. Lincoln sought out those people, yeah. dissenting voices, if yeah. you will, and yet they came together for that unified vision. And that's what I love about our church. I know not everybody watching is here locally. In fact, we love it. Every single week we're seeing people from literally around the globe join yeah. us. But we'd be remiss not to say what we're able to be part of today as a church called Sugar Hill Church was founded a long time ago by just a handful of people yep. that I don't think could have imagined no. what would have happened in our city, what, in fact, the city didn't even exist then. No, the what church is literally church, older than the city. Right, and the thing that, that caused it to grow and flourish was that unity of spirit. Yeah, think about it. 13 people in 1886, 134 years ago, came together with this unified purpose of, of creating and starting a church with no idea that here in 2020, thousands of people would attend and thousands more would engage around the world. Yep. And when I think about that, without that purpose of unity, we may not be sitting here. Hmm. Uh, without people that saw the need to move from across the street in that little clapboard building to this point, without that unity of spirit, yep. we may not be here. Sugar Hill Church has a rich history of people being unified in that vision. Yeah. And that's what I love about here in 2020, for us to keep dreaming more and to stay on unstoppable and to keep yeah. moving forward requires that same unity that these people had. There's a lot of great illustrations of this, but one that I've heard you talk about before is just what we learned from watching geese fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I've used this illustration so many times, people may be tired of it, but it's super powerful. If you've never heard it, this is going to be good. This is going to change <laughs> your social media and I guarantee it. it's going to give you an action step that you can do tomorrow when you go into the office Absolutely. that's going to be memorable or maybe your next board meeting. <laughs> <laughs> or if Zoom gets a little boring, there's something yeah, you're going to be able to You can always break this out. Yeah. So scientists literally, I can't imagine that there were people that actually did this, but scientists studied geese and the flight of geese. I bet they were single scientists. I guarantee you they were. A lot of pocket protectors going on there. So they were studying geese and how geese can fly 81% further as they fly in a flock in that V than any one goose can by itself. Hmm. Now, I'm not really sure how they got there, but I promise you, if you go Google this, you'll find this to be true, right? 81% uh, further, that is the key, right? I so mean, there's a shape, there's a person up front, yeah. there's a distance. That's right. And all of that plays together somehow. Yeah, you know, um, I'm, a, I'm a race fan. I grew up in Daytona Beach, so I'm a NASCAR fan. And when you go around the track in Daytona, uh, cars draft off of one another because the car in front is pushing air out of the way. I do that on the interstate. I know, I've driven with you, I know you do. And, but these geese are drafting. Hmm. So the geese up front are having to flap harder. The, the geese in the back are coasting. So that means the person up front is doing more work. That's right. Okay. But then when that front goose gets tired, he falls off the pace. But you know, I fear if it were, if those geese were a reflection of most of us, we would probably look at that goose and say, yeah, I knew he couldn't make it. You know, he's, he's you know, all goose, no hat, right? Right. So, uh, but they form around that goose and they bring him back into the fold where he can coast and somebody else takes that spot. Mm. You know, uh, all the while geese are encouraging one another according to scientists. Now, I don't speak fluent goose, but- Do they say amen or No, they don't it, say amen. I, I can barely it. get people at Sugar Hill to say amen. I know Do, geese don't. Do they but say, you what, got this? Well, kind of, yeah. Geese are basically saying, you the goose, make it happen. You can do this, you know? And you know how they say it? They speak fluent goose. They say, honk, honk. What is it? Honk, huh? 
Honk. Okay. You got it? Yeah. Did you want to try it? Honk. Yeah, see, you can do it. Right now, sitting there, I, I encourage you, honk with your family. You and your kids, just right now, give us a couple of honks. Honk. And don't miss this. Go on Facebook, Instagram, uh, whatever it is, TikTok, whatever you've got, right? And make sure that you honk a little bit. I promise you, people will wonder what's going on. I think your next Zoom meeting. So you've got Zoom fatigue. Everybody's oh. sort of, you know that that person you're supposed to be meeting with is actually yep. checking their email yep. and ordering something from Amazon yep. or whatever. Give them a good honk. Matter of fact, I've got a Zoom meeting this afternoon. I am in the middle of it going to break out a honk. <laughs> but it is, that is, it's a cool picture because we... We as a church, when we learn to fly together, mm. when we learn to move together, unity in Christ, we can arrive 81% further mm. together than we any of us could alone. Yep. And this I, is a good reason to be unified in Christ. Absolutely. And so when we ask this question, well, what unifies us? What brings us together? I would submit that one of the best ways for us to be unified, and again, whether we're physically in a building together or whether we're just connected by our faith around the globe, one of the best ways to be unified is to say, as best as I can, I'm going to obey the commands yeah. of Jesus. Right. In other words, I'm going to let what Jesus' words or the red letters yeah. in some Bibles, I'm going to let those words trump social media messaging. I'm going to let those trump uh, any political messaging, I'm going to let those words override right. even my personal preferences to say, you know what, I want to be a person that follows the commands of Christ. When Jesus was on this earth, he said to those disciples, he said, basically, I'm the light of the world, but I'm about to leave. Now you're the light of the world. Right. Tag, you're it. Yeah. And he's telling these guys, you're going to take this gospel to the world. Yeah. Maybe for them at first, they're thinking their hometown or maybe the next town over. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. You're literally going to take this message to the known earth. Yeah. And the reason why we know they're successful is because it made it to our generation. That's, here we are speaking the message that Jesus gave them and they went forth. And there will be generations past us that will do the mm. same thing. I can't imagine how energized they had to have been when Jesus said, I'm passing all of this on to you. Yep. Now go do this. Listen to how he says it in John 13 verse 35. He says, your love for one another. Mm. Not your technology, not your innovation, not your pointed statements on social media. Right. Uh, he says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Wow. Your wow. love, your love will prove. And so this is a call for us to say, you know yeah. what? Uh, Unity doesn't mean uniformity. Right. It doesn't mean that we look exactly alike and we think exactly alike, right. but it does mean that we've got a compelling mission yeah. that's so big yeah. that we're willing to scrap our personal priorities and personal preferences to say this is going to bring us yeah. together. Yeah, one of the heroes in the faith for me uh, said to me early in, in my journey, you know, Chuck, the, if you, and a matter of fact, he said this at my ordination hmm. and said, Chuck, your job is to keep the main thing, the main thing. The main thing is Jesus. Yep. That's the main thing. And I think that's what Jesus was saying to his disciples. His disciples said to their generation, we're saying to our generation, keep the main thing, the main thing. Be unified in Christ and Christ alone. Hmm. Because this is the power that changes the world. And as the world sees us, they're going to know our love for Jesus, our, un our unity in Christ by how we show that we love one another. You can't love one another while you're tearing each other down. Yeah. You know, love... According to Paul, there are so many definers that he uses, but my favorite one is that we don't look for wrongs, we look for rights. Mm. We, don't, we don't keep grudges. 
we forgive. I love that picture. Mm, Jesus demonstrated this. The gospels say this, greater love has no man than this, than he would lay down his life yeah. for his friends. Yeah. And so as we go into this break and we worship together, I'd love for you just to think about this idea of unity, mm. this sense that we can go further together, that we can cause a greater impact together, that Jesus himself says the way that they're going to, the world's going to know that we're his disciples is by our love. Yeah. Just ask the question, if you were to look back over your last week or so, could the world see that you're his wow. by the love that you have? Just do a little, and it's not meant to be some condemning thing. It really is yeah. just a spiritual checkup, sort yeah. of a look under the hood. Which a lot of what COVID has done for all of us. Absolutely. An opportunity to look inward to figure out, okay, what do we need to change? Yep. That would change outward. Yep. And it is an opportunity to look inside and say, what does my love or lack of love show the world about what I believe about Jesus? Yep. And so I'd encourage you to take a few moments of reflection as we get ready to sing this and to worship. Yep. And then we'll come back together and give you some more handles around this idea of what unstoppable unity actually looks like. Amen. Let's sing. This has been a powerful series talking about God's unstoppable church, his unstoppable power on display in his people. This song reminds me that our foundation is built upon him, not upon circumstance or upon anything else apart from God, from his love shown through Jesus. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you We live for you Jesus, the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever say Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Oh, we live for you Holy, there is no one like you There is none beside you So open up my eyes in wonder Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Oh, we live for you Jesus, the only one who could ever say You are Jesus, the name above every other name Worthy of every breath we could ever we live for you, oh, we live for you, 
So we choose to build our foundation upon Jesus. And I will build my life upon your love. It is a sure foundation. I will put my trust in you. I will not be shaken. I will build my life upon your love. It is a sure foundation. I will put my trust in you alone. And I beside you so open up my eyes in wonder show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me Hey, welcome back from the break. Before we took a break, we were talking about the power of unity and what happens when we become a unified force. What is the main thing? One of the things we see, and this happens in churches, but it happens in companies and homes, is that sometimes there's what we call mission creep yeah. or drift, yeah. where you move away from the mission. And when you move away from this unifying mission, it's easy to see why disunity creeps in. That's because right. Because then we, we all are on a different mission without even realizing That's it. That's right. But yeah. there's something powerful. And for the disciples, Jesus called them to, hey, here's the mission, to seek and to save that which is lost, to yeah. take the gospel to the world, and the, the way that the world's going to know that you're my disciples is by yeah. love. That's unifying. When you've got a clear Absolutely. mission, then it's easy for people to clearly say, I want to be part and of that. And it's how you work past difficult times. That's right. Because you, you know the goal is out there. I'm always reminded of one of my favorite movies, Apollo 13. You know, Apollo 13, it had already become kind of ho-hum in America, uh, landing on, on the moon again. So major news outlets didn't even cover the launch of Apollo 13 crazy? until such time as we heard Houston, we have a problem. Yep. And all of a sudden we had a problem in regulating the oxygen inside the capsule. And there were teams on the ground, engineers, another set of engineers, one for moon landing, one for what we did on the, head the moon. Departments. Yeah, Their you had job. multiple departments. And, and all of a sudden though, they had to figure out, and Gene Cernan, who was mission control, he decided he would take those teams and redirect them to do things that were differently because of their version of an immediate pandemic. Yep. Because those guys were going to die. So the original mission was, we're going to make it to the moon. Yeah, we're going to land on the moon, get some moon stuff, fly home. The new mission. I, I, the new mission became, we got to get them all alive. Yep. And that's a, you talk about something important. So we have all these teams that were designed for one thing that have to be retooled to create a filtration system using nothing but what they already have yep. in that capsule. And so everybody has a different job, but everybody had a job. Yep. And it was interesting, I remember reading a book when Gene Searnan said, what we went from was we each had a job to our or my part of our job. Mm -hmm. So everybody had their part of their bigger job, and the bigger job was to bring people home alive. Mm -hmm. It's not unlike the church. Uh, we have people who do music but don't do preschool. Yep. You know, but together, 
we bring people home alive. Yes. We, have, uh, we have people that want to serve out in a mission field. We have folks that want to serve in student ministry. But together, we bring people home alive. That's a huge mission to say everybody's going to live forever somewhere. That's right. And the only hope is the gospel of Jesus. Yeah. And when you have that, oh man, man, it's unifying. In a yeah. similar way, Apollo 13 had a problem. Yeah. Right? They had a literal problem. Yep. And so when we think about the church and we think about why isn't there more unity at times, one of the problems even the brother of Jesus called out. He says mm. in James 4 verse 1, he says, what is causing the quarrels? What's causing the fights among you? Yeah. Don't they come from, here's the phrase, the evil desires mm. that are at war within you? Yeah. Their problem on Apollo 13 is, man, air's not working. Yeah. Our problem is that one little word, sin. That's right. And it's not the sins of other people. Yeah. It's my own sin. That's right. It's our own personal sins, those things that are warring inside of us. And so this is a thing that really drives a wedge between us and other people. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 I watched a, uh, a show on Netflix recently. I can't even remember the name of it, but it was about the uh, Chinese empire, mm. Mongols and Chinese. And I was fascinated by it all. But I, I was reminded that, you know, uh, when China expanded and they all came together centuries ago, they built the, the wall of China, the great wall of China. It was so thick that you couldn't go through it. It was so high, you couldn't go over it. It was wide enough that you could have centuries and even mm. chariots run on top of it. And it was such that nobody could enter into that land. And yet in the first 100 years of the great wall of China, they were invaded successfully three times. Wow. They didn't go through the wall. They didn't come over the wall. They didn't tunnel under the wall. They simply bribed a gatekeeper. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So all it took was somebody yep. to say, I'm not on board, and the enemy comes in. It's not unlike the church. It's not unlike your family. Mm-hmm. That when we, we don't have a unified purpose, yep. I mean, it's kind of like Nehemiah and the wall. Yep. You know, Nehemiah rebuilds the wall and, and to ensure there's unity. It's like the McGraw family and the Allen family, they have to work side by side on the wall. And Nehemiah it gets frustrated in hearing the Allen family, but I don't like those McGraws. I don't want to connect my wall to them. So Nehemiah says, well, we're going to fix that. So when the McGraw family finishes their part of the wall and the Allen family finishes their part of the wall, they're going to live right behind that, that portion. Yep. So that if they don't connect the wall, the first people to die when the enemy comes in is them. Absolutely. It's As, like, <laughs> I've got personal ownership. Yes, I'm going to right. make sure my wall is good. <laughs> yeah. And even later in the book of Nehemiah, they drifted from that. That's again. right. They started ripping each other off yep. again. And Nehemiah shows up and says, this must not be so. He's ready to kick butt, take yep. names, yep. and clean it up. And so this is a reminder to us why sin is so powerful. There's yep. a lot of repercussions to it, but one of those is it creates this disunity. Yeah. But when there is unity... The Spirit of God begins to move. Yeah. God begins to mm. work in and through individuals and people. And I think there's some things we can look for when God has that that unified path to be able to When we protect unity, when we strive for unity, when we do everything we can to promote unity, I believe the anointing of God will flow Mm. where there is no strife, division, or backbiting. When the people of God begin to walk in unity, then the Spirit of God moves. I mean, this is... I want to see the Spirit of God literally Amen. move in such a way that our lives are radically changed, mm. not just, hey, we had a good service. It becomes that unstoppable movement. Yeah. It becomes undeniable. Yeah, right? yeah because not- when the Spirit of God moves, 
things happen. I mean, yeah. cool things happen. Yeah. When the Spirit of God moves, lives are transformed. Right. I mean, when you see somebody come alive in Christ and they walk away from sin, it's like, that's what it's all it's about. It's not just 2.0, just an upgraded <laughs> yeah. version of themselves. Yeah. It's new. They are new. I mean, when the Spirit of God moves, sickness and disease is healed. Shackles mm. are broken. I mean, we have freedom to move in the power of Christ. We see the hand of God do things, yeah. but that's because unity was held onto as this dear and precious commodity in the church. Hmm. But I think many of us are looking for and waiting for a miracle from God. We pray for it. How many times does somebody reach out to you in the week and say, Bobby, would you pray for this or that? They need a miracle. Yeah. And I would say, if the church is looking for miracles, then get our hearts in line with Christ and be unified in his Christ. Turn wow. the spirit of God loose to do what only the spirit of God can do and watch miracles happen. Yeah. I, this is what I long for, yeah. that we might be so unified that it couldn't be stopped. I love it when in the gospels when John the Baptist is in prison, yeah. about to die for doing the right thing, for yeah. speaking up for truth. He wow. has this moment of question like, have I put my faith in the right one? Is this going to work out? And yeah. so John the Baptist sends his friends to Jesus right. and says, Jesus, are you the Messiah? Are you the one or should we look for someone else? If it had been Chuck the Baptist, I might would have said, ah, what do you have in mind? Yeah. And I love how Jesus responds. He's, he doesn't give this big defense. He says, go and tell John what you see. Right. The dead are raised again. Amen. The deaf can hear. The blind can see, the poor have the gospel wow. reached to them. In other wow. words, Jesus describes the activity of God mm. among the people. Yeah, it's like if we remain in unity, then God keeps pouring out his spirit. Mm. And as he keeps pouring out the, his spirit, then God says, I am a God who believes in community mm. because you have chosen to be unified around me. And this is the beauty around me. When you start seeing the work of God oh. happening, it becomes undeniable. When, it, when we see uh, dead hearts come to life, mm. that's undeniable. Yeah. We see broken marriages that are repaired, yeah. that's undeniable. Yeah. We see people that feel like they have no hope and they're forgotten and they're an accident. Yeah. It becomes undeniable when they find their purpose because they figure out who they are, which means they know whose they are. Oh. And it's just amazing. All of these things flow. Yeah. From a place of unity. From honk, a place. man, honk. That, that'll make me honk. That's good. Right now, maybe you just need to let honk. a good honk out. I, but I just think it's beautiful. I mean, again, to Jesus' red letters in John chapter 15, verse 12, he says, this is my commandment. So it's, this is not up for debate, right? Mm. He says, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. So when I think about how I'm to love you, how I'm to love others, it is sacrificially. Yeah. It is, it, it is graciously, it, it is a desire to hear, to listen, to care for, to do all that I can that you might succeed. Hmm. And that love is put into action when you think of we are to love as Jesus loves yeah. us. And those red letters, they count for something. They do. And I think, you know, we already mentioned that sometimes the battle for unity is because of personal sin. Yeah. But there's also a reminder in scripture that there is an enemy. Right. And the enemy would love to try to dismantle yeah. the unity that God's created. It's almost like whenever you uh, have a charcoal grill, you put all those briquettes together, yeah. you put all those coals together, you light them, you let them ash over. And mm -hmm. because when they're together, they're hotter. That's right. 
But man, if you start picking them off, if you start moving different coals to the side, they get cold in a hurry. Don't they, they get cold in a hurry. Yeah, and I think that's why the enemy attacks the church yeah. so much, and why why he'll use social media and he'll use conversations and gossiping yeah. and personal preferences. He'll use all of those things to try to separate right. us from the core fire of what God's Just doing. Just like bribing a gatekeeper. Just like bribing a gatekeeper. Yeah. You could have all the fancy walls you want, but yeah. the weakest element there is still a person. Because Satan really does understand that uh, the only thing that makes us truly unstoppable is unity mm. in Christ. Yeah. That, that is what the gates of hell can't ever stop, mm. is unity in Christ. Friends, the, the church of the Lord Jesus is to be built with men and women that serve, that love, that honor, that encourage, that seek unity in Jesus and, and look out for one another, that cry with one another, that rejoice with one another, that sing with one another, that serve one another, and that hurt with one another. Yeah. Um, but I, I am reminded that there are, are a couple of key phrases as we wrap up today in unity, that the church is built on interdependent parts. That's right. We need one another. That's right. You make me a better person, a better Christian, a better pastor. And, and I believe other people do the same in our life. We are interdependent. We need one yes. another. Jesus made us that way. But if we are in, indeed interdependent, we are to be synergistic. We, Jesus is real clear that he built his community. He picked disciples and did so in such a way that it was a model for Lincoln. Let me go find people that aren't alike, that are very different, that might be enemies, and together we're going to be unified. Yeah. They were synergistic. I mean, mm. syner synergy is something that is powerful, especially when you triangulate it. It's like you and I together are more powerful than either one of us separate, right? right. But if the triangle goes from me to you, you to me, and then we triangulate it with the power of God, mm. we go from one plus one equaling three to one plus one plus him to three million. Hmm. It is a totally different animal. We are interdependent. Yes, we need one another, but we're in need of God. We are synergistic in that in his power, anything is possible, but we are to be biblically driven. Hmm. He gave us a word and we're not to just go out and do anything. We're to go out and do what his word instructs yep. us to do. Yep. We are to go act like his word. This whole service today, this whole teaching about unity is about the scriptures. Yep. This is what it is. And then finally, we are to be spiritually empowered. Yeah. What fuels you every day is the Spirit of God saying, you're my guy, come on, let's go do great things today. But it's your willingness to say, I'm going to be unified in the body of Christ that allows the Spirit of God to overwhelm you because I see God use you. I see God use you all the time. I hear the stories of people that are moved because Bobby McGraw surrendered to allow the Spirit of God to use him. And I, this is what happens. Yep. And when we start sharing the stories of what happens, then God takes it to a whole nother level. It's back to that triangulation. Think about that early church. It started with a ragtag group of guys. Wow. I think about Peter who had denied Jesus three times. Yeah. And then by the time you get to the book of Acts, he stands up and preaches in Acts yep. 2. Over 3,000 people give their lives to Christ. Just like that. You begin to see this small ragtag group of disciples begin yep. to build the church that Jesus or be part of what Jesus is building. By the time you get to Acts chapter 17, when Paul shows up on the scene, yeah. people look at them and say, these men 
who have turned the world upside down yeah. have come here also. Come on, that's so good. And now here we are some 2,000 years later, yeah. and God is still building something that's unstoppable. And still turning the world upside down. Isn't that amazing? Or I guess the case would be right side up. That's right. Yeah. So may we be a people, you as parents, as spouses, as friends, as church members, yeah. may we be a people that seek the joy of the Lord that it might fuel us yeah. toward unity. Yeah. And that in that unity, we might tangibly see the Spirit of God do a work that we could not explain of our own doing. Mm. That we might be a people that our family, our church, our community might fall so deeply in love with him that we could not help but be unified in Christ. And as we do, would you let him go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight? Let him go within you and bring you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment because he is always good and you are always loved. Honk. And in days that are difficult, like right now, hop on his back. He's more than strong enough to carry you through the middle of whatever the problem is and set you down victoriously on your two feet and wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead and wrap his loving arms around you so you can hear your Savior say, my child, I love you. God bless you, friends. Go in peace. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Thank you again for being with us. I know you had a blessed time, and so did I. Hey, listen, uh, if you have any prayer requests, would you please uh, do us a favor, and would you drop a comment here at, uh, in, in, in the video, under the video? And um, if you don't want to drop a comment or you didn't have the time, would you please send us an email at prayer at sugarhillchurch.com so that we can know exactly how to be praying for you guys. So I know that you enjoyed Unstoppable, and guess what? We're starting with a new series next week, so please, Stay tuned with Sugar Hill Church online and also be ready. It's coming. It's coming, y'all. It's coming. September 20th, we get back to in-person services and we will continue online. So watch these pictures again and pay attention and also be praying on how uh, the Lord can use you in future events that we will have with our new ministry, missions ministry, Sugar Hill Beyond, and our One Sweet Day events. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Bye-bye.